Don't forget to follow us on our Facebook page, Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast, on Twitter, at RealGilbertACP, and on Instagram, Gilbert Podfried, P-O-D-F-R-I-E-D. You see, it's kind of a pun on the last name. Ah, never mind. Hi, this is Gilbert Gottfried. And welcome to the third live episode of Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast. And they said it would never work. Actually, I was the one who said that, but I'm here at Littlefield in Brooklyn with my co-host, Frank Santo Padre, and our guest this week is a comedian, actor, radio host, and two-time best-selling author. You've seen him everywhere from Jimmy Kimmel Live to the Jerry Seinfeld documentary Comedian to Louis C.K.'s Emmy-winning series Louie. And you could hear him every day as one half of the Opie and Jim Norton show on Sirius XM. Please welcome a man who once said, I couldn't get laid with a sitcom and a rifle. <laughs> the shy, demure, and always politically correct, Jim Norton. Thank you. Oh, how lovely. Can I start by saying what a delight it is to be here? <laughs> And it's funny you mentioned Seinfeld's comedian. I was in that for about a half a second because Jerry shot that at the Comedy Cellar. And I'm only in the credits because one time he's talking to Sherrod Small in the hallway and I happen to be in the background. You can catch me I'm probably a half a second on film. But Jerry didn't interview me. Yeah. Well, I was your most powerful appearance. I, <laughs> it really, I felt it launched me. Yeah. I would get recognized at airports. People like this look at me real quick. Hey, wasn't that you that I saw? Now, now, I've been reading some of these notes, and, and they more than bother me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when, it's, when it's too disgusting for me, it's saying a lot. What is Monster Rain? Oh, um, well, we're starting there, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it was a game. It was the name of my HBO special in 2007. <laughs> Um, and uh, it was a game I would play as a young kid when I was six or seven. Um, my friends and I would be in Edison, New Jersey, and uh, one of us would yell, Monster Rain. And we would pretend that it was, it was like monster rain falling down. So to get away from the monster rain, we would hide under a porch, and then while we were under the porch, we would suck each other's dicks. <laughs> It was one of those things where I think that we were just looking for an excuse to suck each other's dicks. <laughs> and we didn't know how to say that because there was a lot of shame around it. So we were like, let's hide from the fictional monster rain. And while we're under here, you might as well blow me and I'll blow you. And 
Miraculously, the rain cleared up as soon as we were done sucking. <laughs> yep. I feel like we're doing the DVD extras from The Woodsman. <laughs> no, it was... Uh, we, we didn't, I didn't even get erections at that age. No? No. Um, a problem that has persisted throughout my life. No, it was... Uh, it felt really good, but I, I didn't get hard. <laughs> My one friend, the first time I ever saw an erection was my friend who was like a year older than me. He was yeah. one of the guys that we would blow each other. <laughs> and, um, and he had an erection. I didn't know what it was. But I just knew that his was reacting differently than mine. Oh, here's a cute story. Um, one of, <laughs> my one neighbor around the, cor- my, around the street used to make me blow him. I think that he, he was a, bu- a bully. Um, no. I was now, scared was of him. Now, was this the, whatchamacallit, the <coughs> Devil's Creek? No, but that's no, the same that's, that's another one? Yeah, that's another one. Oh, a, my God. Yeah, there's a long all list right, of dicks and right, a long so, list of locations. Sorry for interrupting. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. So the one kid who had Budweiser shorts, and I always remember it smelled like mothballs. It's true. And I always associated mothballs with him making me get moral. I don't say making me, because I, 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 I can't say I was... Dr. Drew told me I was molested, but I'm like, nah, I kind of enjoyed it. I'd be bullshitting. I wasn't a victim. I was like, no, don't. All. You know, I kind of... What was the Devil's Creek? Devil's what? Creek is in Edison, New Jersey. It's just a little place with woods and a creek. And that yeah. was a kid. We had the name for it, Devil's Creek. And it was just where you'd go uh, with your friends if the porch was booked. Um, <laughs> And, uh, you know, you wanted to blow each other, maybe. And it wasn't gay, though, you know. Um, We've just set a record for how quickly I've lost control of the yeah. show. Yeah. Well, don't feel good. We're going to talk about X-Men 94 to honor Comic-Con. I, I feel like there's nothing to build. <laughs> yeah, it's no, kind it's kind of kinda hard. With yeah. uh, So tell me about your childhood blowjobs. Where do you go from there? Well, I'm, you know, I just like being Mickey. Well, because we're, we're, because we're at Comic-Con, <laughs> yes. you were in Spider-Man for... I was. <laughs> for, what, 20 seconds? I had one line. Um, I, I played, it was funny, I played, this, the, the, in, in the credits, it lists me as Surly Truck Driver, and fans were quick to point out that's STD, um, which, <laughs> which I, uh, I improvised the line. It was, I didn't even get to meet Sam Raimi. I didn't get to meet Tobey Maguire. It was a second unit shoot. We did it in Queens. And uh, I had to play a man on the street. I was loading boxes into a truck. And they were like saying, what do you think of Spider-Man? Everybody was saying nice stuff. So in the audition, I bad-mouthed him. I thought he sucked. And they kind of liked that. So they had me do it. They had me improv a lot of stuff for like 45 minutes. But they only kept that one line. Um, but I'm happy I just made it into the film. I didn't even know I was going to make it into the movie until it was actually released. Well, just to get the Comic-Con stuff in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll keep trying. <laughs> Always good. As we, we talked about backstage that Gilbert... Yes. You did play two Superman villains. Well, one yeah. and one Superboy villain. Oh, what was one? Yeah. Uh, a bucking horse? <laughs> uh, I, I was in the Superman cartoon where uh, Tim Daly was Superman. I was Miss Yes Big Lick. Anybody remember this? Three people. I never knew how to say his name, by the way. Yeah, no one does. Yeah, it's a bunch of cons. Say it again. I, I say it Mischievous Picklick. Others is Mixel Pickle. Yeah, there's an X and a P yeah. and an L and a T yeah. and a K. Right. It's a hard name to say. And and the other one, I was in uh, about two or three episodes of the Superboy series. 
Ah, uh, where I was uh, Nick Knack. Oh, oh, okay. I thought you meant the one starring uh, Jared Fogel. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good thing to ask you about. Um, you, uh, you guys did a show last week together. Yes. How many people heard Jim and, uh, and Gilbert on the, uh, on the Jim and Opie show? Thank you, you two in the first row. Yeah. <laughs> they were the only people. And you guys were talking about Mom's Mabley. Yes, we were. How's that for a turn? Well, it was odd. I, just, I never expected to talk about Mom's Mabley with Gilbert Godfrey for 20 minutes, but it was quite funny, and you did quite the impression yeah, of her. She was this old black comedian who would show up, usually on the Merv Griffin show, in like, like a tattered clothes and a big hat, and she'd go... Hello, Mom. Hello, awful creature. <laughs> and and she would she would sing. I remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She sang famously sang oh, Abraham yeah. Martin and John. Oh yeah, that was her big hit. Oh well, a big hit uh, by they let her sing it on the Merv Griffin show. <laughs> Anybody here? See my old and then it was Abraham and John. It was all yeah. these people that have been shot to death. It was a fun song. Yeah. Does anybody remember Mom's Mabley? Good. Two people, four people. All right. Whoopi Goldberg did a great documentary on her. She produced it. She it did. Very interesting. Indeed, she did. And if she wasn't filthy, you know, you always thought of her as a dirty comic. Like, you know, oh, Mom's was dirty. But she was only, like, double entendre dirty and, like, a wink dirty. It wasn't dirty, like, by what we talk about today. Like, not the first ten minutes of this podcast. <laughs> yes, like Gilbert. <laughs> You ever suck a dick when you were five? <laughs> you know, it wasn't... Gil, what was Shamus of the... Tell us about Monsterine. <laughs> what was Shamus of the Shul, which okay. you were talking about on the this, show? This was one of Mom's Mabley's. Uh, the, oh, the song only I remember. And this she sang, Well, he couldn't read and he couldn't write, but he was nobody's fool. That's why he could never be the shamus of the shul. What does that mean, the shamus of the shul? I don't know, but I got emails from people saying, will Gilbert sing at the show? So, of course he uh, yeah. will. Because <laughs> he does on every show. I wanted to cover that. He's a delightful voice. He should yeah, be singing. Yeah, he does. He does. She had no teeth, right, Mom's Mabel? No, no yeah. teeth. I yeah. hope not, because there's no excuse for talking like that if she did. <laughs> that would be unacceptable if she had teeth. Uh, she was she, gay, too, I think, which I didn't know. Uh, Mom's Mabley? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, yeah I was that. in shock. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. If you're seeing her like that, you probably shouldn't be shocked with that outfit. But it was like, well, I guess, you know, back then it was hard to be. Uh, but she was pretty out about it, too, they said. She wasn't shy. Not on stage, but I guess, you know, backstage. Does Jim know? Jim listens to the show, but does, does he know about the Cesar Romero story, which recurs yeah, on are, this podcast? Are you? We talk about this We're every getting an applause episode. Break, by the way. Is that the, is, <laughs> Thank you. Is that the glass coffee table? No. No, no. Danny Thomas. Oh, yeah. okay. Totally different. Uh, Cesar Romero uh, used to, you know, he was... Uh, uh, you know, a big Latin lover and song and dance man in the movies, and most notably the Joker on the Batman right. series. And what he was into, according to legend, was he'd gather up his boy toys and he would drop his pants and underwear and they would 
fling orange wedges at his ass. Some say tangerine. That's the only argument I've had is what citrus fruit. No one ever argued, no, he didn't have fruit flung at his ass. It was just whether it was orange or tangerine. No one even said grape or anything. It was always a citrus yes, fruit. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've heard no that from a, for, I, I heard you talking about that one time, but I, I don't understand that fetish. At all. <laughs> I, I, I really don't. I mean, I'm a weirdo, and I don't get why well, you we, want orange peel thrown on your hiney. We asked Frankie Avalon, who worked with Cesar Romero in a movie called Skidoo, and he didn't deny it, interestingly. Did he, had he heard it, or he just said, I can't deny that? He said, I can neither confirm or deny it. Lee Merriweather, who worked with Caesar in the Batman movie, she was a little more shocked. Oh, really? Yeah. By it. She said, Gilbert, you're very naughty. Ah. <laughs> Did she talk about Burt Ward's dick? I heard Burt, Burt Ward had a yeah, giant famously. dick in Batman, and they had to wear two pairs of like, shorts to cover it. He yeah, wrote a book I about it. I heard that story. Yeah. yeah. He, he probably started that rumor. <laughs> he did. You think so? <laughs> That's a great rumor to have. Well, have. Have you seen Burt Ward's dick, sir? <laughs> <laughs> I've seen Burt Ward's dick. And you, sir, are no Burt Ward. (laughs) (laughs) I just brought up the Cesar Romero thing because it had a Comic-Con theme. (laughs) (laughs) Did Comic-Con want you to keep it kind of Comic-Con friendly? Nah, we just wanted to get a look. Yeah, that's a good mention. It's a good event. Okay, now, what is your theory, then? The Jews! Yeah. Sorry, I let you finish. I apologize. <laughs> That's too easy an answer. <laughs> on on um, uh, uh, Steve, uh, not Steve Reeves. Yes, George, George, Reeves. George Reeves. George Reeves' death. Do you think there's anything more than what the news said? I don't know enough about it. What, what was the movie Hollywoodland they made about yeah. it? I didn't Affleck. see it. So I honestly don't know enough about it. Um, I do think he is dead. I do believe that. Um, but no, I don't know. Why did they think he was killed? I can't answer that. I, well, I mean, conspiracy theories start on everything. They really do. And like, I could get why you might think, you, you know, I, I don't really believe in most of them. But if you want to say 9-11 or you want to say the moon landing or you want to say JFK, okay. But like, who the fuck would conspire to kill George Reeves? I don't understand why. <laughs> Like, that's a weird one to believe in. The whole fucking government was in on it, man. They For what? Now, you were... Oh, I, one of our guests one time said to us that the government killed Lenny Bruce, which I thought was a little... Yeah. Yeah. Like heroin killed Lenny Bruce. Which, yeah. the government. Which, which guest said that? Was it, uh, was one, it? that <laughs> one that went not airing. Oh, that one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. It'll be a director's cut. It had nothing to do with the Lenny Bruce thing, (laughs) but um, there, there. (laughs) I never heard that, and you know, I would love to believe it because as a comedian, it'd be so cool to think that, like, oh, this maverick, and he truly was a maverick uh, comedian. But no, I think he just was a fucking drug addict. Yeah, it's sad to just think of it ended that way, just overjust. Well, it's kind of like Marilyn Monroe, the same thing. She was doing drugs and, and taking pills every night. Yeah. Although so, she, she was kind of hooking up with RFK and JFK. Yeah, yeah. And, and gangsters. and yeah. Yeah, The whole thing was... Hers was a more believable conspiracy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because back then, to, you know, to be basically on a fucking shish kebab between the Kennedy brothers, that was really big news. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
That was a lot bigger than Lenny Bruce, you know what I mean? Or, or you know, whoever, Cesar Romero. And what was the, <laughs> the fight you got in with uh, Jesse Ventura? I was over, oh, you know, we had interviewed Jesse three times. And uh, the first time he and I, kind of, it was over 9-11 conspiracy stuff. And we had kind of like, you know, not gotten along too well the first time. But then the second time we had him on, I, uh, I, uh, I really got along great with him. Because I don't think he's dumb. I just, and the, the last time we got into a very nasty argument about it and there's video of it up online but when you look at the video it looks like i'm just being a dick to jesse but that's only because back then we didn't have a camera running all the time opie would tape it and opie's ocd so he would never delete shit so he was running out of film so every time it started to get like heated then he would start taping again so you're kind of picking it up a few lines into the argument each time but if you listen to the audio he was being a complete dick to me and uh, I was just responding, and we got a very nasty... I thought he was going to smack me in the face at one point. I really, I really thought Jesse the body was going to fucking punch me. But, well, I can't, you know, it's in that moment you can't back off. You're like, I'm just going to get my fucking jaw broken. It'd be a great story. Didn't happen, though. Well, yeah. that's his whole brand is conspiracy theories. I mean, that's, yeah. what, that's, that's what he's marketing. Yeah, but Jesse's slippery, though, because he'll say things like, like you know, uh, well, what do you think your president knew? Um, I don't know. I'm just asking the question. Like, he doesn't like a follow-up question. So if you ask him a follow-up question, he gets kind of, like, aggressive and, and nasty to you, you know. But, uh, yeah, he's just one of the – I think people like the idea of conspiracy. I think they're comfortable. It's, like, a cool thing to explore. I was a JFK conspiracy guy for years. So yeah. I, I get the appeal of it. Belzer's a big conspiracy guy, too. He, wrote he that, is, he wrote yeah. And I like Richard a lot, but I don't agree with him on that. Vincent Pugliosi's book really turned me around on that. I just, I just simply believe what he said. Yeah. I Yeah. I kind of think with whenever I hear like weird stories and then there's another story, I always go, go with the more boring one. Yeah. Because that's usually the true story. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They talked about it. They plotted and they built a trap yeah. or um, he was texting and he got hit by a bus. Yeah. <laughs> that's what happened. Yeah. It usually is the simpler, simpler way. Yeah. It's kind of like the whole... And they did it in The Godfather where uh, Frank Sinatra wanted the part in the movie. They didn't want him. And he got the mob after the studio head. And then I heard uh, they originally offered it to Eli Wallach. Oh, this is from Here to Eternity. Yeah. 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 They offered it to Eli Wallach. And he was doing a play or a movie that he couldn't get out of. And their next choice was Frank Sinatra. So they made it into the movie like the mob went Oh, yeah. Um, I haven't seen The Godfather. (laughs) 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 Let's talk a little Godfather because we had uh, Gianni Russo on our show. How old is he now? He's got to be 50. No, he's in his 70s. (laughs) He's in his his 70s, but you should book him. I would love to interview him. You don't find the guys from The Godfather. We've interviewed Robert Duvall and James Caan, who were great. James Caan was fucking awesome. And uh, I would love to interview anybody from that movie, but so many of them are dead now. Is Abe Vigoda still alive? Yeah. I he's guess still he. Alive. Oh, yeah, Talia Shire. Yeah. As, as I'm talking, I'm realizing they're all alive, except for, <laughs> Diane except for fucking Clemenza and Brando. The, the whole cast yeah. is doing well. Yeah. When, when did Al Pacino die? I should yeah. really shut my yeah. fucking face. And Luca, Luca. Luca's dead. <laughs> oh, he is Luca dead. Bratz, he's dead. Yeah, he is. He dead. was in the jerk. I, I think he played Iron Balls McGinty. No, you, no, you know who played Iron Balls McGinty? Carl Gottlieb, who wrote, oh. who wrote, uh, who wrote the, Jaws. The, 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 he wrote Jaws. Oh, okay. Couldn't but think he, of the name of it. But he was in that 
scene. He is. Okay, yeah. good, good. I good. think he also co-wrote The Jerk with Steve Martin. Who? Carl Gottlieb. Okay, but yeah. Luca Brasi was in that scene? I don't know. I'm all, can someone Google you, that, please? I'm humiliated. You I'm, may have stumped me. <laughs> I'm almost positive the guy who played Luca Brasi was in The Jerk. What was Khan like on the show? Khan was very interesting. He was from, a friend of mine, Rob Cullen, uh, had done a show with him, so he kind of told him that we, he, he was like, Rob was the showrunner, and he told... Uh, James, that uh, you know, he and I were good friends. So he came on. He was very, very nice. He has a lot of energy. He's just a fucking guy. Like he's one of those guys who'll just talk about anything, and he doesn't give a shit because he's fucking James Con, and he knows he's James Con. So he's awesome. He's not afraid to, to talk about anything. I with James Con, <clears throat> when he split up with his wife to get over his broken heart, he moved into the Playboy Mansion. <laughs> Right. And, and I heard that, so he was living there for, I think, like at least a year. And he used to have his son, he'd sit in his room and he'd, he'd point to his son like, oh, that redhead over there by the pool. And, you know, she'll think he's really cute. And, she'll, and he'd go over and say, uh, I'm James Conn's son and he'd like to meet you. And that's, his son was uh, basically... Getting pussy for him. Well, I, for one, want to say that's no way to grieve a relationship. <laughs> that's hiding from your feelings. I've never been to the Playboy Mansion. I know a girl who was a Playboy bunny, and she tried to get me invited, but uh, I guess I don't have enough clout. They were like, no, we're booked. I was like, oh, I'm humiliated. <laughs> but a lot of sex goes on there. <laughs> I, I was there once, I think. You never told me that. You yeah. went to the Playboy Mansion? Yeah. What happened? Some, uh, some costume, nighttime costume, whatever their parties are. And, I mean, they were painted naked girls. That I liked. But <laughs> I, I went into the grotto, which I thought, they, somebody said, the grotto's over there. And I thought, oh, this is going to be... Dante's Inferno. Yeah. And, and nothing was going on. But instead you got tired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you woke up and Cosby was sucking your toes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and he, he was sucking my toes going, And you But I heard at the Playboy Mansion, those parties at one time were orgies going on. They probably were. Yeah. But then AIDS came. I think AIDS fucked up a lot. Like, there was a place in the city called, uh, what was the big... Uh, Plato's oh, Retreat? Yes. Yeah. Play Plato's, Plato's Retreat. Retreat. That was yeah. on Broadway, yeah, they right? They closed that in the 80s. What's that? They closed that one a long time they ago. They did, but I think, yeah. like, all those... They, they, I guess they used to have bathhouses and all these sex clubs. And I guess... I think AIDS probably shut down so much of that stuff. So that probably changed the whole vibe at the Playboy Mansion for a while. You're talking about the heyday of the play, like the Robert Culp era. Oh, yeah. yeah with with the neighbor jackets. Davis yeah, when they were doing Playboy After Dark. Peter oh, that show. Yeah, that yeah. show was great. Mom's Maybe was on that show, too. Oh, yeah, Sammy he Davis was. The fucking Hello, you have. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, let's talk about a couple other movies that uh, uh, Eric Nagel, E Rock, on the show, your producer, told <laughs> me. So I'm not responsible. He told me you, you like these movies. Midnight Cowboy? I do. Anybody here seen Midnight Cowboy? Anything? You know, Gilbert does a great John MacGyver from Midnight Cowboy. 
This children have a strong back. <laughs> You're going to need it in this business, Joe Buck. Get on your knees, get on your knees and pray, Joe Buck. It's good. Almost as good uh, as the Cosby. That's awesome. <laughs> Who else good does John MacGyver? Back. <laughs> well, the kids like the John <laughs> they MacGyver. Do. They do. And, and uh, a Hollywood story was that uh, they offered originally the part of Joe Buck to the actor John Philip Law. Who is that? Uh, oh, from the, Barbarella. Yeah. Yeah. Handsome, blonde guy back then. And he turned it down because he was offered a part in Skidoo. Back to Skidoo. With uh, Otto Preminger was directing. It had Groucho Marx and Jackie Gleason and Carol Channing and Frankie Avalon. Oh, Frank Gorshin and Cesar oh, Romero's in it. Yes. Yeah, everybody. And, but you got to figure it probably made sense. You know, you're going, you know, you could play a male hooker or you could work with this legendary director and all these legendary comedians. Yeah, do you want to hang out with Jackie Gleason and Groucho, or do you want some 18-year-old boy to blow you in a movie theater? Yeah, I don't... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a great scene, if anybody yeah. saw it. I don't mean great like it was hot. It was like really like, oh, uncomfortable. Kid blow. Oh, yeah. You guys remember that scene? Am I talking great? Okay, three people saw that fucking movie. <laughs> so you really have no idea why I'm referencing an 18-year-old boy blowing John Voight? <laughs> Does anybody Such know this film? You know the movies could do? No. Oh, we have to lend it to you. Yeah, I would like to see and, it. It's and God I awful. saw a trailer for it where Sammy Davis talks about the movie, and he's not in it. <laughs> yeah. What does he say? Well, I saw half of it. <laughs> he, he's, Quick. he's Quick. in the trailer, and it's Sammy at his worst, you know, I when it was so ridiculously 60s. Right. He's got the Nehru jacket and the peace sign and the cigarette. And he goes, you know, he starts going like, Skidoo, it's crazy, Daddy. <laughs> I never heard of that movie. It's yeah. real groovy. And it, it's like, it, it just... Oh, God. If but you, that got, movie, if you guys sorry. haven't seen Skidoo, please get your hands on it. It's, the, it's arguably the worst movie ever made. Harry Nielsen, the great Harry Nielsen, sings the credits. That's a highlight. How about this? If you haven't seen either, see, see Midnight Cowboy first. Yeah, see Midnight Cowboy. <laughs> Skidoo. Only X, first X movie, uh, I think it was the only X movie to win the Oscar for Best Correct, Picture. Correct, 1969. Because uh, yeah. it, was, it was X because it was like a little bit of nudity in it. And it's Dustin Hoffman. It's so it's the best thing he ever did. It's like where that if you've never seen it's where that famous I'm walking here. They reference that in Forrest Gump, and that that's for Midnight Cowboy. John Boyd is awesome. Hoffman's awesome. It's a great movie. I'm boring everyone, including yeah. myself. <laughs> now, what about Kiss of Death? I heard you guys talking about it on the show with Richard Widmark. Yeah, you know where I first heard of that. It's uh, if anyone saw Bad Boys with Sean Penn. Um, there's a scene where they're all watching in Juvie Hall. It's a black and white film where a guy, this like laughing, like <laughs> this psychopath, pushes an old lady down the steps in a wheelchair, and all the kids and the boys all cheer. And that's from the movie Kiss of Death, where he plays like a real a sociopath. Um, and, you know, it, it's, uh, it's a great movie from the 40s. About yep, a gangster who's released from jail and uh, he's got this psychopath after him. So good. And used cars with our favorite Al Lewis. Oh, yeah, and Kurt Russell and yeah. Jack Warden. Who's Fuck. seen used cars? Two people. You know who's in that too? Frank McRae, who's one of my favorite. Oh, you know yeah. who Frank McRae? Yeah. He's in 1941. He's a black actor. Right. He played uh, Eddie Murphy's chief 
I'm sorry, Nick Nolte's chief in uh, 48 Hours. That, you know, I called him a piece of shit. I, oh, that, what is, I called him a nigga. You bet I did. Yeah, that guy. That, was, fucking that awesome. was that time period in movies. I guess during the 80s when you had a screaming black police captain. Yes. Every movie had that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was so fucking good. So good in that. And he's like, he's one of those guys that nobody knows who he is. But watch you as cars. He's awesome. It's a funny movie, too, but it's one of those movies that no, no one has ever seen. It's not, like a, it's not like a Caddyshack or a classic comedy that people go like, yeah, I heard about that. Used cars just flies under the radar. Are there movies you go back to that you loved, and now you go, what the hell did I like about this? Sure. Um, I'm, comedy doesn't hold up as well, although that one does yeah. for me just because I enjoy the film so much. I'm trying to think if there's anything... Uh, well, you know, I loved, I loved Jaws when I was a kid. Yeah. I loved, you know, I loved E.T. And now I kind of Star Wars. So I kind of get why I like those movies. I think I always had decent. Salem's Lot, uh, the Stephen King book. I watch it. It doesn't hold up for me like it used to as far as being scary. But I still kind of get why it fucking frightened me as a boy. It was terrifying, right? Maybe. Who's the guy that was in that? He was always in the... Uh, uh, he pl- David, no, not David, David Soul. Not no, the guy who was in the Clint Eastwood movies. Oh, David Soul. Well, let's start this, this, this is a chance. Don't give up on us, baby. <laughs> Don't make the wrong seem right. The future is isn't just one night. <laughs> it's written in the. It's written. In the moonlight. In the moonlight. Yeah. Suspended <laughs> on the stars. We can change ours. <laughs> Don't give up on us, baby. <laughs> Let's give it one more try. Can't we get a last one by? <laughs> the angel and the dreamer who sometimes... Plays the fool. Don't give up on us. I know we can still come through. Beautiful. Oh, oh he's got a voice like an angel. <laughs> you don't know how many requests we get for Gilbert to sing on each show. The Gilbert Gottfried Amazing Colossal Podcast Producer of the Month is DFA Records. Thank you, DFA Records. Be just like DFA Records and get rewarded for supporting our podcast. Head over to patreon.com slash Gilbert Gottfried. For a set amount each month, you can get some colossal benefits, such as access to new podcast episodes before anyone else, early access to tickets to live podcast tapings, exclusive video hangouts, and just added, I will record a personalized roast of you and only you so you can share with your friends me telling you what a schmuck you are. Well, I don't have to join Patreon for that. And you don't have to pay me either (laughs) because you are a schmuck. 
That I do for free. I want no money. That's my... I just speak the truth. I'm so blessed. You are a schmuck. So go to patreon.com slash Gilbert Gottfried. That's Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Gilbert Gottfried. Thank you for your generosity. And thank you, DFA Records. What about Cuckoo's Nest and The Shining? You're a big Nicholson guy. Yeah, I mean, um, just because I do a really good impression of him in my act. No, I'm kidding. That's <laughs> fucking, it's like the hackiest thing. No, I, I, Cuckoo's Nest is probably... I, I think I prefer that to The Godfather. Really? Yeah, it might be my favorite movie of all time. I think, one for, I think it's the best movie. Godfather was great, but it doesn't make me cry. Yeah, Cuckoo's Nest is fucking just tragic. Great film. And The Shining? Also great. Um, well, that's fucking kidding. You know, I just, I just like to... I, 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 we all wanted to jerk off to the tub scene. Um, yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> but, <laughs> that was without saying. But the, the kid, Danny Lloyd, never went anywhere. Like, you never saw him again in a movie. It's amazing how some... Like, you know who else never, like, got really famous? The guy, the 13-year-old kid who was in uh, on Golden Pond. Oh, with yeah. With Jane Fonda, Dabney yes. Coleman, Catherine Hepburn, uh, yeah. Henry Fonda. Yeah. And he, the 13-year-old, Billy... And he's co-starring in a triple Oscar winner, and then you never see him again. He might have done one other thing. It's weird. Like, you get the, raw, the right role at that age, and it might just ruin you. And, and in a movie like that, you figure him and his, particularly his parents, were going, here he is, a movie, uh, Henry Fonda, Catherine Hepburn, and Jane Fonda. I mean, how could you be anything? But a major league star. Yeah, well, they said that they, they actually cut the scene that he said. Like, there's one scene where I don't know if you, you saw it, uh, but where he fucks uh, uh, Catherine Hepburn on a rock. Not <laughs> 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 under a porch. Goes, oh, oh, put your dick in me. Oh, oh, here, now stick it in my ass. <laughs> Here, let me play with your hairless balls. <laughs> Don't go so hard, Billy. I'm going to drop the bologna sandwiches. <laughs> Norman's going to see us and have a heart attack, Billy. Oh, God. <laughs> But it's weird. I forget his oh, name. Oh, Henry, you don't blow him. You're going senile. <laughs> All of a sudden... I realized my Catherine Hepburn was turning into Pauline. That's okay, Pauline. <laughs> I just want to do papas and suck a dick. That's all. I don't know what's happening to me. And speaking of Pauline, thanks for the segue, Gil. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he would do, papas. He's you a like, good boy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, my you could, God. Yeah, there's a documentary about Pauline that, and, a, and a tell-all book that you guys have to uh, check out. You're a Pauline fan. Yeah, you were as a kid. Here's what I know about Pauline. I remember he was obviously the center square for anybody over fucking 58. And uh, <laughs> I, I was pissed at him as a kid because uh, I remember I was, I'm a big Kiss fan from childhood. And the Pauline Halloween special came oh. on and uh, Kiss performed. This is probably like 1977 or 78. So they performed Detroit Rock City and King of the Nighttime World and Beth. But he kind of was snotty to them. Like he made fun of G. I'll never forget that, being so fucking angry. Like, this piece of shit was making fun. Like, he said something to Gene Simmons, like, why don't you go down in your elevator shoes? And the whole crowd laughed. I was like, fuck you. <laughs> I, I, I heard, see, when I was on Hollywood Squares, one of the producers <laughs> there 
also produced the original. And, and he said, like, during lunchtime, oh, everybody would eat lunch together. And, and they would have fun, and they'd talk and joke with each other. All the guests got along. And Paul Lynn would be bombed out of his skull. And, and he, he was extremely anti-Semitic. <laughs> and he would sit there and go, Oh, those fucking Jews. <laughs> They're the reason I don't have a career. <laughs> and now because it's a staple on every episode, yeah. you have to tell the rest of the Paul Okay. Lynn. This is, a, this, is, this is like Billy Joel doing Piano Man. It's a crowd pleaser. Uh, Paul Lynn. See, I heard it was some barn. Uh, but then I heard, I heard it was, what's his name, the game show guy? Uh, uh, Peter Marshall. Peter Marshall. Yeah, we've heard four versions of yeah. it. And I think Peter Marshall was with him, and they went into... Uh, the dressing room of, like, I guess the solid gold dancers. Or the gold diggers. The gold digger. Yeah. Yeah. And they went in the dressing room, and Paul Lynn goes, This place smells like cunt. <laughs> I think. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it always delivers. Had you heard that one, Jim? I had not, and I didn't. <laughs> You're a lucky man. What a great tagline. I didn't see that coming at all. That's <laughs> phenomenal. Yeah, I didn't know he was gay either as a kid. Isn't it weird how you don't know people are gay? Like, we've joked about I, that on uh, uh, Liberace. Well, like, yeah. Yeah, Charles oh, Nelson Riley. Uh, yeah. Who? Charles Nelson Riley oh, when you were a kid. Right, right. There were all of these guys like that that you thought were eccentric. Yeah. You never thought in terms of gay. You'd have them, all these, like, flamingly gay actors with a wife and kids yeah. in these TV shows and movies or eyeing a pretty girl when she walked by. And you said, oh, they're, they're eccentric. Yeah. And then the ones who you don't suspect either, like Robert Reed from the Brady Bunch. I mean, who knew? Sorry to make it sad. Yeah. <laughs> As long as we're talking about uh, old TV, and uh, what about Jack Klugman? I understand you have a uh, you have a particular fondness for Jack Klugman. I do like and the Jack. show Quincy. Who doesn't like Quincy? A Carner who plays by his own rules. Very realistic. Reminds me of a few Carners I know. <laughs> but I think I, I love the flat ass girl at the beginning of Quincy. Did you guys remember that? And the cues rubbing that fucking girl in her awful ass. The charming coroner and the members only jacket. We gotta get to the bottom of it, Sam, you know. (laughs) But it's like shows like Quincy, I think, paved the way for like Law and Order and all the cop shows we have now. Yeah, I think so too, because back then it was original. Quincy lasted like six or seven years. I mean, that wasn't like a one and uh, done thing. That was like a show that did quite well. And yeah, I think that uh, people like that and Cannon and all those fucking shows. Yeah, those Quinn Martin shows. The Rockford Files. Yeah. I love the Rockford Files. What I remember about all those shows, like the cop shows, like same with Starsky and Hutch and Chips and all these things, 
they always, they would solve the murder, arrest the guy, have a commercial, and then come back for a funny ending. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where it would, it, would, it would end like, meh, meh, like they're in the middle <laughs> of doing something. <laughs> well, well, I don't know, boss. He throws his hat up. <laughs> Fucking freeze frame, shitty ending. Yeah, you're right. They would always come back for some kind of a funny, like, quirky... Yeah. Horribly unfunny, funny endings. Terrible endings. They were never funny. You, you know this show? I remember I was disappointed in it as a kid. But I would kind of watch it and sort of like some of them. But now I see them in reruns, and I think they all totally suck. And that's Night Gallery. I don't remember Night yeah, Gallery. Yeah, that's a show you really want to love. Yeah, and it's just not very good. Rod Serling's follow-up yeah. to the Twilight Zone, uh, where he was in a, in a haunted art gallery. Uh, well, everything haunted, that's wrong with seventies television is in Night Gallery. Oh, really? Yeah. There's a good Vincent Price episode. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, he's the teacher. Yeah, he's the, he's the college professor, and he yeah. goes, "Run, run for your lives! The tingler is loose in the theater." <laughs> <laughs> this looks like a tingler crowd. What else did you watch, uh, uh, Jim, growing up? I know you were uh, influenced by some of the Norman Lear shows. We talked about Maud. Yeah, and, I just like the theme song from Maud because it's such a... It literally nothing gets stuck in your head faster than the fucking Maud <laughs> theme song. <laughs> and Betsy Ross got it all soon, and then there's Maud. Fucking, it will never leave. And, uh, yeah, I love All in the Family. Of course, all the, all the regular... Ta- yeah. I think Taxi is the most underrated show ever. It's um, a great one. Awesome. I mean, people know it, but uh, I think it's because everyone talks like the honeymooners. But you know, a lot of TV was shit back then too. You know, I, I think we have better TV now than we had back then. I mean, overall, the comedies maybe not as much, but there's better dramas now than there were then. I think you know it's fucking. Aw- I mean, in the last 15 years, you've had The Sopranos, The Wire, fucking uh, oh, Game Mad, of Thrones. Mad Men, yeah, yeah. I never, I never watched Mad Men. I watched like two episodes. I couldn't get into it. But those shows like the Norman Lear and shows like that, I mean, he would put on great shows, but sometimes him and also even the lesser uh, sitcoms would do this when they'd have their important episode that would end without music. Yeah. Yeah. That's to let you know. Oh, the very special episode. Yeah. Yeah. Just the credits quietly on the... So you can think about what you just saw. Yeah. (laughs) Like the Edith getting raped episode did not end with anything but just yeah, crap. Yeah, yeah. Or she did? Did she get raped or no, Miss? Don't be. It's okay. It worked out. It was just a move. <laughs> I will not hear Gene Stapleton's name bandied about. Or, or like yeah. when the kids from different strokes got raped by a child. No, they did, here's what happened. They yeah, didn't okay. get raped. Fucking Dudley. <laughs> And his shitty judgment. Oh, look, it's Mr. Carlson. I love you on WKRP in Cincinnati. Let's watch the cat porn. You can jerk me off in the tub while blabbermouth fucking liverless Arnold goes and tells his white stepfather. Cock blocker, Philip Drummond. Oh, God. That hurt his career. Gordon Jump. Yeah. He was the Maytag repairman. Was he? Yeah. yeah. Well, Do I have the right actor? Yes, Gordon, Gordon Jump. Because there's Gordon Clapp yeah. and Gordon Jump. I always yeah, mix Gordon them up. Clapp was. What you to say is the one that tried to fuck Dudley. Ha, ah, that one. Is. Gordon Jump. Another guest we had on the show was actor James Karen. Yeah. You guys and know James Karen? He, if you saw him, who is you know it? Was he? You know him right away. Second. 
He's the guy that, he's the realtor that sells the family the house and poltergeist. He, but you'd recognize him right away. Was, did yeah. you, you grew up in the tri-state area. He's, he was the Pathmark guy. Oh, yeah. I was just yeah. going to say the Pathmark guy. He's in everything. Yes. Yeah. James Karen. He's in every sitcom and every but movie. He was on the Jeffersons as a white supremacist. <laughs> and, and they were trying to kill him when he got out of the studio. Yeah. Yeah. Because they, they didn't stop to think, oh, this could be an actor. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if he's a white supremacist in that, then it must be in the real life. <laughs> <laughs> he had to hide behind Wheezy. And, and then to, to, uh, to save his life and career, he, they posed him with his arms around George and Wheezy Jefferson. <laughs> And sent the photo to magazines. And they wanted just, hey, it's just a show, folks. It's not really like that. Wow. Yeah. I became friends with Sherman, uh, Sherman Hemsley. It was really weird. We met somewhere, and then we just started corresponding, and we hung out. I took him to the comedy cellar one night, because he would, he would perform. He would do stand-up. And uh, he did it at Caroline's. It was kind of sad. Um, <laughs> because it was like a half-sold room. And when he, he walks up, he, he of course, the, the, the Sherman Hemsley, I went, we're moving on up. And he walks out to the theme music. And I was like, oh, no. I, I heard, no. I once worked with a director who directed a bunch of Jefferson's episodes. And one time he said he was, he went out to lunch outside the studio. And when he was walking back to the studio, a limo came by and, uh, and he hears uh, Sherman Hemsley's voice go, hey, you need a ride back to the studio. And he goes, okay. And when they opened up the door, a smoke was billowing out because he was like there with doing smoking God knows what and doing hits and getting completely stoned, like freebasing. And, and he goes, what? The director said, what are you getting, what are you doing this for now? We're shooting today. And, and Sherman Hemsley goes, I got to kiss her twice in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, there were the rumors about him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. There were the rumors. That's, you know, if you want to say someone might be like, yeah, there were the rumors, which I had never heard until years ago. I had heard rumors that that couple, he was living with a couple, and there was some weird... Sherman Helmsley? Yeah. 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 Or Hemsley? Hemsley. And when he died, didn't they fight over his money and his body or something didn't get buried because his family was fucking fighting over his money? I don't know. Got the Casey Kasem treatment, huh? Yeah, that's right, yeah. Speaking of 70s TV, uh, you played the neighbor on Louis C.K.'s other cable series, Lucky Louie. Yes. played Rich the Neighbor. Uh, yeah, HBO. For people to remember it. Now, your, perf- your performance, was I have this right? Your performance was an homage to a certain beloved character actor, right down to the sweater? Uh, who are they saying it was? I'll tell you. Uh, Mr. Roper. Oh, no. Who told you that? E-Rock. Oh, E-Rock's a fat dope. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, I didn't pick the clothing. I wound up wearing the sweater. Yeah, if you didn't see it, uh, Lucky Louie was a live audience sitcom that Louie did in uh, 2006. And it was really weird when we shot 13 episodes. But the audience we shot in front of, none of them had ever seen the show because they didn't air until all of them were shot. So every week the crowd had no idea who any of us were. So they didn't understand our character. But it was still a great, great 
thing to do. Um, and he made the set look really shitty, like as far as he wanted it to look like a honeymooner set. And he would scream at the, uh, at the wardrobe people if they tried to make his wife look too hot. He's like, I want you know, it to look like fucking real people. And uh, the, the critics didn't like it. It got a lot of viewers. Like, we went up every week in views, but the critics didn't like it, so they canceled it after one season. One, one of the criticisms were the laughs were so good in the show that they thought that the laughs were being, were being mixed in too loud. And I'll never forget reading that. And Louis didn't sweeten anything in that show. Like, if something fucking bombed or got like a, ha, ha, ha that's what stayed. Uh, we might do a second take, try a different line, but he did not sweeten anything. In, in that show to make it better. Was it an attempt to do a little bit of Norman Lear to capture a little bit of that spirit of those Absolutely. 70s shows? Absolutely, yeah. He wanted it to feel like an old school show. He wanted it to feel kind of bare bones, re- regular people, not overly made up. I mean, that's how I got hired. And that's, you know, like, you know what I mean? And that's why we had the clothes we had and Rick Shapiro um, and a guy uh, named Jerry Minor was in that who was really, really fucking funny. And... Uh, Laura Keitlinger, I forget who played Jerry's wife, and the little girl was Kelly Gould, played uh, Lucy. That, Emma Stone did an episode of that. That's where I met Emma Stone. She played, uh, like, the other neighbor's, like, you know, cunty, screaming daughter, and she was great. You immediately knew she was going to be really, really famous. So I hit on her. In, in... <laughs> <laughs> she says, I didn't do that. <laughs> In the, crit- in, in the credits at the end, she's known as the cunty screaming <laughs> daughter. Well, I'm sure yeah. she would agree to that. Yeah. Because that's what she was doing. Ma, shut up. And then she like offers Louie a blowjob. She did. I mean, in the show, not in real life. In the, in the show, that was the thing. It was like she was, Louie Louis and Pam were married. And then, oh, Mike Haggerty, who played the, another oh, one of his funny. friends. Mike yeah. is fucking yeah, like great. Him. And uh, he was in Carlin's sitcom, too. Mike, yeah, yeah, Mike right. and Laura Keitlinger were married, and that was their daughter, I think. And she came over to Louis and Pam's and she offered Louis a blowjob. That was the push of the episode. Like, she was troubled. I don't remember what happened. I know he didn't do it, but I, mean, I don't remember how the episode ended. Mr. Gottfried, would you like to throw this out just to the audience for some questions or some uh, song requests? Uh, <laughs> They've okay. been very patient. All right. Anybody got anything they want to ask about the show or Gil or, or uh, Jim? Don't or, be shy. The only dumb question is the one you don't ask. Am I right or wrong? <laughs> yeah. Or Wheezy. I like with this crowd, when they do applaud, it's like at most three people on any given thing. Yeah. It's like you'll say, hey, remember that show? And it's like... <laughs> you we're asking such... It's not like we're saying, did you ever see E.T. with the whole yeah. crowd? It's always like, do you guys ever see that one episode of the Rockford Files where the... <laughs> we, dri- we dive pretty deep. Did yeah. you talk enough about Comic-Con, by the way? Yeah, no. <laughs> Anybody got anything they want to ask us? Helps the show. Sir. Oh, he'll do it. Wait, wait, let's start with this gentleman. Sure. Can you go to the bathroom? You without being mocked? Don't say anything funny. Oh, you you can take your shit on him. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like that that's the thing they all clapped at together. (laughs) What was that? We had a request here. Was it Georgie Jessel? One bright and shining light that caught me wrong from right I found in my mother's eyes those safari tales she told the streets all paved with gold I found in my mother's eyes 
Just like a wandering sparrow, a lonely soul, I walk the straight and narrow till I reach my goal. One bright undying light that taught me wrong <laughs> from right. I found in my mother's eyes. Heart talking. (laughs) This gentleman right here, yeah. (laughs) The most famous ass that I ate. Um, I'm probably not to say because she's married to the president. Um, no, I, I have not hooked up with many famous people at all. I guess Brie Olson, uh, she's a porn girl, has the most famous ass I've ever eaten. I would have to say Brie Olson. <laughs> or Mia Isabella. Yeah. She's a, a tranny uh, porn star, but it's probably, uh, I think Brie is more famous than Mia. Now, now, you went over to someone's house to get jerked off. Jesus, I, I could, yeah. I, can you narrow that down a little yeah. bit more? <laughs> was it a paid but person it or was, was it my family well, for Christmas? I, I can narrow it down. <laughs> the way I can narrow it down is you left uh. before getting jerked off. That she, she was holding a screwdriver... Or something. This is a story. Oh my yeah. God! That's a yeah. That was a, that was a weird one, man. This <laughs> 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 was the weird one. I went <laughs> to uh, no. This one really scared me. Uh, I went to this. It was like a back page. This is years ago when the magazines were still good, and I was on second. Like you know, you'd open up like Screw Magazine or whatever that had the sex ads, and I opened. It was on Second Avenue somewhere, like in the nineties or whatever. And it was just a massage ad, so I went over there, and the girl answered, and I had to use the bathroom. It was like a railroad apartment. It was really fucking dark, and I had to use the bathroom, but there was like, like, like moldy water in the tub and like all these like, you know, Burger King wrappers and garbage in the tub, and there was fruit flies all over, and I'm like, there's something that felt really, really wrong. And the apartment was very dark, and she and I were just sitting there, and she's like, you got the money? And I'm like, yeah. So I gave her the money, and then she went over to the door, and she communicated with somebody. And it was a really weird feel. Like, have you ever felt like you're being looked at? Because I couldn't see the back of the apartment. It was pitch black. And we're sitting there, and I just felt like there's somebody else is in this apartment. Like, we're not alone in this apartment. Something is going to happen. It was a terrible instinct premonition, and I got truly frightened. And I'm like, I have to go. Um, I told her I didn't feel one. She was holding a screwdriver in her hand. And I just, I just left. And I guess if you're trying to rob somebody and they hand you their money and leave, you're like... But I remember I, see, I saw Colin Quinn that night. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, I felt worse. If I, could. No, but I remember talking to Colin about it. Going, oh, dude, something just... I was really shaking. It was like one of those weird moments you have in life where nothing terrible happened, but I, I knew something fucking horrible was about to happen. I think they were just going to rob me, but I, I left that place. Not a really funny story, but it's a true one. That's sex addiction. <laughs> Not all smiles, folks. Any, anything else? Any other requests? Right here, this gentleman on the aisle. <laughs> You're talking about young Groucho? Young, vibrant Groucho? Or? No, I didn't think so. Old Groucho. 
You know, usually we were filming at a nice opera. And back then, in my day, film was something where you take a camera and you would film something. And that was called filming. <laughs> now, they also had photographs, but the photographs didn't move. <laughs> so if it looked like the photographs were moving, you would call them moving pictures because the pictures were moving. And, <laughs> and back then in my day, when a picture was something that was a, either a photograph or a drawing. And a drawing was something. Back in my day, you'd have a pencil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That is... Perfect. <laughs> oh, that, God. that was that time period when he was going on like Dick Cavett um, and stuff, and it was like I was saddened and fascinated at the okay. same time. Did the Cosby interview him? Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Cosby did an interview with him in the 70s. And, and I remember Groucho saying in that interview, I, I feel like a little dizzy. <laughs> 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 that that water you gave me tasted funny, <laughs> and I feel like I'm passing out. And and Cosby said, "Well, Groucho, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn you over and I'm gonna fuck you, and, <laughs> and there's nothing you can do about it." <laughs> well, back in my day. <laughs> When you'd fuck someone, you didn't drug them first. <laughs> well, I'm drugging you, and I'm going to fuck you after you're unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's try two more. There's somebody and, over here. And Groucho said, <laughs> well, back, back in my day, unconscious meant you were in conscience. <laughs> <laughs> right here, this waving hand here. We lost sight of that. Yeah, well, you know, what the hell. <laughs> That's nice language. What's the worst superhero film Schindler's List. <laughs> Anything else? <laughs> yes, but this brings up Catwoman. Do you remember that? Oh, Catwoman. That's a good Catwoman. Yeah. Halle Berry. Not great. Well, who was the, What was who was the Batman? That was uh, was that Mike? That was Michael Keaton, or it was what? Which was one? Michael Keaton in that, or no? No. No. No, no Batman in that. Oh, one. she did her own movie. Yeah, as with uh, yeah. Sharon Stone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. That was frighteningly bad. I don't remember it, to be honest with you. Um, what was the one where they had Catwoman in the Batman? Michelle Pfeiffer. She was good, yeah. Yeah. What's that? What? 
Oh, the body was off. Oh, oh, the volume. I don't remember. I haven't. I did see it, but it's been. I apologize. You, as you're talking about volume, I'm like, what? Huh? <laughs> I, I, I remember. Uh, I remember liking her better in Scarface with her polluted womb than I did as the Catwoman. <laughs> Last one. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'd started with this fella. And how come you've never been funny since then? <laughs> was, was I stoned that time that I thought you actually had an act? I still do that. He still does it. Yeah. yeah. What makes you think he retired that? Yeah. One, one thing you got to know about me, I still go out there and say, hey, how many of you watch Bonanza? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> fat lady in a, in a hula, hula hoop. Doesn't it end with you somebody screaming fat lady yeah. in a hula hoop? Yeah, and it's, but if you don't have the whole beginning, All right. it's, yeah. Yeah, and what you do know, you I'm say- not one to take over someone's time. Oh, you go right <laughs> ahead. My <laughs> you, you go right ahead. <laughs> one bonus one right here, and that'll I be I love it. a good bonus question. <laughs> Gilbert or Jim? Yeah. <laughs> but it's okay if Jim does it. Yes. I hope not Gilbert, but if Jim Norton uh, likes to suck dick and get shit on, yeah. I'm fine with that. I didn't, by the way, I didn't mean to talk about sucking dick. I, I should have just said holding it in my mouth for a while. <laughs> I was holding it for a friend. So it was, it was kind of like a breath lozenge. Yeah, I wasn't like moving. Yeah. That'd be fucking gay. No, <laughs> no. I just popped it in. Uh, Uh, like was a, there a remainder to that question? Yes. Well, now you have to realize, sir, there's still a lot of transgendered friends, and why should I be bigoted against them? So, yeah. What am I supposed to do? Just get blown and not return the favor? That would be discourteous. <laughs> Don't you like the same stuff you did when you were a kid? <laughs> That's why if I'm out with a trans girl, and I, I think I should suck her dick because I'm, a fear, I'm afraid of getting old. So if I deny what I liked when I was a kid, then I'm growing up. But if I'm like, oh, I'm like, ah, you're still a boy at heart. <laughs> oh, okay, you've gone long. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> Well, since the show can't get any more intellectual, <laughs> uh, I'm Gilbert Gottfried. This has been Gilbert Gottfried's amazing, colossal podcast. Thank you guys for coming out. Thank you. I'm here with my co-host, Frank Santo Padre. Thank you. And... And our pal, a guy who likes to get shit pissed on. <laughs> and we'll suck your dick if you come to his show. In a dress. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear him on Opie and Jim Norton.
And his website is jimnorton.com now? It's not eat a bullet? No, eat a bullet. Jimnorton.com, a cyber squatter hat, so I finally got it back. So just if you want any tour dates or whatever, I'm out on the road a lot. So jimnorton.com, all my dates are there. And I hope you come out to the shows. Thanks, Jim. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. Thank you, Jim Norton. Thank you, Littlefield. Thank you, guys.